as you know, particularly on the visual side, trends do change. So if you want to stay up to date, you know, a logo that was valid 10 years ago may not be valid anymore today. It may need a refresh. It may need a complete overhaul. It really depends on how much your business has changed over time. So I definitely think that, you know, refresh your branding um, and really looking at that during your busy times, even though you are busy doing the work, this is the time to really start to look at investing in a rebrand. Welcome to another episode of Frontliners Podcast. I'm your host, Anna Drummond, and on this show, we bring in remarkable entrepreneurs who share real-world advice, strategies, and lessons that they've learned and owned to operate their own business from the front lines every day. So let's get started. Hello, Rosie. Welcome to the show. Hi, Anuj. So honored to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm totally excited to have you on. Let's start this. For the people who might not have heard about you yet, paint a little picture. Tell us a little bit about who you are and what do you do? Uh, well, my name is Rosie Lagrasso and um, I'm a mum, firstly, to two beautiful children. And I'm also a co-founder of Idea Pro together with my husband, Anthony. Um, this is a, we, we run a strategic marketing and graphic design studio based in Melbourne, Australia. Wow, that's awesome. So let's dive deep. Let's talk about how did you guys come up with the idea of starting Idea Pro? Oh, it's interesting um, how it all came about. But I guess um, I, I actually did not start the business myself. And uh, Anthony started the business around 13 years ago now, actually, prior to me joining him. And he ran the business more as a freelance design and printing business um, for around six years. Um, so he's he's actually our creative director and graphic designer, so head graphic designer with his team. So, um, yeah, before then it was really around design and printing uh, when printing was much more popular as a marketing medium. Um, around probably, I've got to say about 10 years ago now, um, I worked after working in fashion for a long time for for around ten years. In the early part of my career, I moved into a marketing communications role for one of the biggest paint companies in the world, um, and I landed the marketing manager role for, for them for Australia and New Zealand uh, a couple of years later. And, and that's really where I started to cut my teeth in corporate marketing and managing large scale budgets and teams, and really learning um, the ins and outs of the marketing world. And then when I joined Anthony, which is now around six years ago now, so I joined him um, just after we got married, actually. Um, we, I joined uh-huh. him a few months later and, um, and we decided to team up and, and th- really think about our clients and we looked at his skills and then mine, which is more, um, yeah, as a marketing strategist, I guess, and, and fuse those and morph them together to become a marketing and design studio, um, which would play to our strengths and bring, and we brought that to our clients. Wow, that's awesome. Really love that. <laughs> love that whole backdrop story and how you guys came together. And specifically today, I want to talk about since you're the marketing strategist for Idea Pro, I'm sure you'll have a lot of marketing ideas for how you went about thinking about design, thinking about how to market those businesses. So I want to start off with a really broad question and we'll get into the specifics later on, but let's start with this. Like what are some of the low cost, like easy to implement marketing tactics for business owners that you think would really benefit them? And specifically for the business owners 
like you know the people who are not really thinking about investing into marketing like big budgets at this time so what would be some of those low cost like easy to implement marketing tactics sure um so there's there's a lot you can do actually um particularly you know if you're a business that's starting up or in your first few years or if you're going through a period where you need to you know tighten <laughs> tighten the budget a little uh, definitely if you're going to do some work in-house you could look at social media and I think social media is a relatively low cost entry marketing medium um, obviously it takes time so there is a time cost but not so much a financial cost unless you're you know um, paying an external party to do that for you. But really, um, yeah, social is a big, big one. Um, I would suggest to pick your platform. You don't need to be on every single medium. I think picking the, you know, whether it's LinkedIn or whether it's Facebook or Instagram, I think you need to be really good and get great at one and uh, and be active and engage with the accounts that you follow, particularly um, on Instagram, and, and you will start to see some, some interaction and engagement happening there. That's certainly one. Um, business directories online, thats re it's really easy for you to list your business on, on online directories so that you get uh, exposure um, and through, you know, assist your Google ranking that way as well. I would also, if you're an established business, you could contact uh, Five Pass clients and check in to see how they, how they are, how they're going and see if they require your services again. Um, it's relatively low cost to do that. You can just send an email or make a phone call and, um, and it could just kickstart your marketing or kickstart your sales through, through a bit of marketing activity. Uh, definitely networking is another one. Um, not everyone is a fan, but I would say that it's a really good way of getting out there and particularly in the local community, um, you know, see what list of events, if it's relative to, relevant to you, of course, write a list of the events that are coming up in, say, the next three to six months that you'd like to attend and go along. Um, don't be scared. Um, it actually, everyone's pretty much in the same boat wanting to connect and do the same thing. So um, I think that's a really effective way of marketing also when you're on a budget. Um, podcasts are also good too. So such as this one, you can actually let your contacts <laughs> know. You could you know, do a LinkedIn post, for example, and say, hey, I'm actually taking invitations. I'd love to be featured on a, featured on a podca podcast in my area of expertise and see what comes of that as well. And just some ideas. Well, those are some great ideas. Uh, the main takeaway from this from me is personally as a small business is like just focus on one thing and just go deep with it. So for example, as you said, like uh, if you're on social media, just it's, it's low cost entry and pick your platform, pick one platform and engage with the audience there so that that's maximum leverage for you. And you're not spending your time on all these five tactics and just focus on one thing. Like, um, am I reading this correctly? Is that what you mean? Yeah, sure thing. Absolutely. I think that you can... Uh, you can get really bogged in marketing and marketing can get really overwhelming sure. because you can come up with, <laughs> you know, come up with so many ideas. And obviously I've rattled off a lot of ideas just then, but, you know, I think the, the key is, is um, less is more and doing things well. So if you're going to choose social media, and I think it really is, a, you know, it's, it's a no brainer. You, you need to be on it if you're in business, but I would say if you've never been on it before and you're really cutting your teeth and you pick one, um, and you really start to learn the ins and the outs of that platform. Google is an amazing resource to learn and YouTube and, um, yeah, or you can tap into, you know, if you have got marketing um, support in your, in, your, in your network, then ask them for support as well in terms of how to um, best leverage the platform that you're going to be focused on. That's great. Those are some of the great ways, especially for if someone does not want to invest in marketing, this will be a great starting point. 
And this becomes a great segue. So let's say uh, someone took this advice and applied this to their business. And now they have some clients coming in and their business has at maximum capacity. Like for example, they're a small team, they're like three to four employees and they can't serve any more clients. So mm -hmm. they've got all the clients using the tactics we mentioned or something else. So at this point, like what, what kind of marketing should a business owner think about? Like they've got the clients, they've got the cash flow coming in and they've hit the maximum capacity. So what kind of marketing should a business owner think about? Like when the sales pressure is off, how can they That's move the question. business forward? Question. <laughs> yeah, great question. Um, so I think this is really interesting because usually uh, marketing is always thought of when you're wanting to grow or develop or push the dial forward. But the reality is that some businesses are doing quite well when it comes to sales um, or, you know, like you said, they're already at capacity. So um, there's not much space to take on new clients. So look, some things that come to mind, one, one of the big things that comes to mind is rebranding. So uh, this is more a strategic activity and I think that's what it is. I think once you're sort of at that capacity, strategy becomes more important because you want to make sure that wherever your business is heading, that that capacity that you have filled is the right type of capacity. So what I mean by that is if you're going to look at your, your branding, for example, and it's not just your logo. Um, so a logo is one component of, of branding, but we're looking at, you know, is your messaging still relevant? Um, does the visual identity that you have in your logo, is it still resonating? Um, have your products changed along the way? Um, and does your identity and your messaging and your everything you're putting out to the market, is that still relevant and is it still current? And also, um, as you know, particularly on the visual side, trends do change. So if you want to stay up to date, you know, a logo that was valid 10 years ago may not be valid anymore today. It may need a refresh. It may need a complete overhaul. It really depends on how much your business has changed over time. So I definitely think that, you know, refresh your branding um, and re-looking really at that during your busy times, even though you are busy doing the work, this is the time to really start to look at investing in a rebrand potentially. A rebrand exercise may take six months from start to finish. So that's something you could do. Um, that's one. So the other things that come to mind are also alongside the rebrand is actually looking at your product offering. If you are at capacity, uh, which is a fantastic problem to have, Possibly, <laughs> if we're writing your sure. <laughs> It's not a capacity issue that's just, oh, my gosh, we're so busy doing stuff but we're not actually profitable or, you know, where we need to be financially. Um, you need to probably look at your, your, what you're delivering, whether it's your, your product or your service, and, and perhaps think about refining what that looks like. We often will work with clients to brand their product or brand their service. So when you're thinking branding, it's not so much just thinking about it as your business name, uh, but it's also you can actually launch a product to market that has a sub-brand and that's really important too. It actually uh, elevates the profile of that offering to the target market and gives it more weight than just saying, hey, we now offer copywriting. Um, you could actually say we now offer pro copy or something like that. I'm literally talking off the cuff here. <laughs> <laughs> those those so are some great... Could do. Yeah, please go ahead. Oh, sorry, I was just saying, that's, there, there's some things that you can do in those times when you are busy, but it really is around strategic thinking. I think that's the time when you start thinking strategically about your business, even more so. So a couple of interesting points that you mentioned here. So the first thing is that 
rebranding is not just about the logo and it's it's more about having the perfect logo for the perfect audience and your messaging your brand positioning for the type of audience that you want to attract and second thing you mentioned like it's a long process it takes like six months it's not easy obviously because it takes a lot of time it's a very strategic move and which is a perfect segue because since you're the marketing strategist idea pro this is the perfect thing to learn from you and for you to explain to the potential audience who might be thinking about branding like how do you think about a design strategy let's say a client comes to you and what's your mindset like like how do you think about a design strategy that will help their business that will build that brand for them especially from your point of view like how do you think about that branding strategy so that it can help the client's business grow Hey guys, sorry to interrupt the podcast, it's such a cliffhanger, but I wanted to let you know that when Rosie answered this question, there was a lot of background noise coming from my side. I made a rookie mistake of not muting my microphone while she was answering and because the high sensitivity of my microphone, it caught all the noise that it could pick up within range. I did not want to edit and cut this part out because of all the noise and also because this answer laid the foundation for what the rest of the podcast is about. So I just wanted to give you a little heads up and wanted to add a little bit more context here before you go on listening. Now, back to the podcast. Sure. So this is, I guess, a bit of a deep topic. Uh, so design strategy uh, is, I guess, overarching and incorporates branding as one of the components. So I might talk about them separately. So design strategy looks at how design is infused throughout your customer touch point experience. So if you think about, you know, what does a customer see or find if they search for you online, for example, or what's the experience like when they step into your shop if you have a storefront. Or if you send an email, for example, what does that email say? What does it look like? How is it presented? Um, so when we look at and you know, we undertake this activity for an existing business, we, like, we literally map it out every single time. You know, we think about every single time a prospect or client comes into contact with your brand, what's that designed experience like you know is it consistently on brand is it what your customer wants to see feel experience it's actually about them so we think about design from a customer's perspective um, so that's for existing businesses but if we talk about new businesses it always begins with the brand strategy first and we touched on that a little bit earlier what does your brand stand for the positioning what is your story how do you want to be known what language will you use and then of course branding as a visual identity or the logo that's when it comes in what will it look like and it's only at that stage that we start looking at developing a logo at that point so the impact you know i mean the impact of doing that on a business is that your customers um, have a more on-point experience. You know, they they keep wanting more and more and more because they enjoy the process of interacting with your brand and how it looks and feels. And hopefully, they become become raving fans along the way. For sure, one thing I really liked about some you mentioned about buyer's journey, which is so important when it comes, especially to inbound marketing. Like you've got to map, yeah. you've got to have that whole thing mapped out, like from the awareness to the referral stage, like the whole call mapped out. And this is still such an important thing to do for any business, even even though you're starting out, it's a good starting point. 
to know what your funnel looks like, for example, like going from the awareness stage to the consider consideration stage. I mean, there are different ways like people do this buyer buyer's journey. Like, uh, would you like to just uh, give us a few tips about how to go about mapping a buyer's journey? Yeah, yeah. so um, look, we literally, <laughs> we whiteboard it. It's pretty, um, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's a brainstorm session. It's literally just mapping it all out and mind mapping. And often you will literally just come up with all of the different ideas um, with a client um, and generally we'll work together on that. And then we'll also take it away to see um, if we are, if we can add more points or touch points to the process or if we should take some away. So, you know, usually it's just a bit of a mud map and then we timeline it. Um, and so we literally will start from the very, very beginning in terms of awareness and all the different awareness touch points and then go through the process all the way through to the end of the buying process and beyond. That's awesome. I, I want to slowly transition this since we're on the topic of design. Um, so I'll be fully candid here. I was reading a, a post of yours which, which talked about design thinking which was a relatively new term for me. It's it, it's not usual. Like all I, when I heard about design, I always thought about graphic design. Okay, professional design. Okay, that's all about. But since I saw the post about design thinking, it really got me curious to really learn more about like what is design thinking from your point of view. Because um, I'm all about like strategy is great, but I'm all about how how does one go about creating that strategy? How does one like those mental models that one uses to transform a business? And it really got me curious and I would love to know what what's design thinking from your point of view. Sure. Uh, so, look, design thinking is really, um, oh, goodness, it's really, to try to simplify it, it's really about achieving your business and client goals by using a creative and innovative problem-solving approach. Um, it, it, you know, going through a process, um, there's a five, you know, formally there's a five-stage process design thinking process which you can get stuck in 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 the process of it but it actually usually is quite a quick process it can be a quick process and it's not necessarily linear so um, what we do is is go through the stages of design thinking um, and I might, might run through those might might help um, and then through that the idea is is that you get a better outcome at the end the idea is is usually uh, going through this design thinking process you should um, it's the difference between failure or success of launching a project or a goal um, by making sure we cover off some of these these thoughts. So the first thing that we do is is um, practice empathy. So what that means is we actually develop an empathetic approach to your users. Really think about them, uh, not what you want or what you think that you want, but what do they really want and what do they really need, and what do they want us to deliver. Um, so we start with that. That then goes into what the actual problem is that you're, uh, you know, we define the problem. So what is it that your users needs in terms of what's their actual problem and what are your insights around that problem? How can how do you think, well, what's your understanding of it? How do you think that you can solve it? Um, we then go through step three, which is ideation. And that's about challenging and questioning the problem. Are there any assumptions we need to make? Um, are there? And we start to sort of think about ideas. You know, what are the possible solutions that we could um, we could have for this problem? And you know, I guess to put it into a practical sense, we might be delivering on an event. And, you know, we want to come up with, um, you know, whether it's the right brand for that event, the, the right name for that event, because we do a bit of that work as well for clients. 
And, you know, what are all the possible, you know, implications of certain words if you use them in a name and, and you know, and all the ideas then start to flow. Again, always thinking about what the, the customer and, and, the, and, you know, how they will accept that idea. And then we do prototyping. We really start to test the creation of the idea. And actually quite recently we prototyped um, a sample um, event theme name and we actually presented that to the client at the very, very early stages. It was really around sketching, you know, basic ideas but, you know, to give the give the client the initial feeling of where it could go um, and it's about then testing. So stage five is testing. So what you want to do is then test what you've created once it's been approved um, to go to market. You modify it if it's needed before you then deliver it on scale. Well, that's amazing. Uh, it's not <laughs> easy, as you said. Uh, it's not. It's not an easy thing to say. But I like to repeat a few things that I got from this. So basically, yeah. you start with it's, it's. It's a strategic thing to do, and it's it's more of a thinking model. And you start off with it, it delivers a better outcome if you have a strategy in place. So you start off with empathy. I'm just touching the major points here. Your your first thing is cool. empathy. You think about the user experience. Then you mentioned the actual problem, then it's the ideation stage, then prototyping and testing. It all sounds good in theory, but in actuality, it, it's it's more complex than that. So we're going to leave it at that. If, if anybody needs help with that, please contact Rosie. This is not my topic. So, so sure. moving on, let's go to something controversial. Let's talk about, when I say controversial, not really controversial. That really depends from what angle you look at it. But let's talk about traditional media like printed media and versus the modern media like infographics and ebooks what's your view on that like for whom does traditional media works best like printed literature magazines newspaper and for which type of business do you think like more of the infographic ebooks like e electronic graphic design works um would love to know your point yeah well i guess that it's i probably wouldn't group traditional marketing versus say when you call it modern media or digital marketing in in sort of broad groups and then analyze them that way I, I I sort of feel that you need to look at individual communication methods that you know some of the ones you mentioned and and more and probably look at them based on a particular business and then look at that business and look at your customer and then whether you're a b2b business or a b2c or business to business or business to consumer business whether you sell a product or a service can influence what you choose um, and also how long the decision-making lead time is. So different marketing methods, yeah, will lend it, lend themselves depending on your specific situation. So there's, there's certainly some tried and true methods, um, but there are also some methods which don't work as well. I think more recently, I have to say in our experience, things like, you know, you touched on magazine advertising or newspaper, um, definitely in the B2B space, for example, that works working as well. So there are other mediums that are being used such as LinkedIn instead. If you worked in B2B, I might use some examples to, to sort of bring some practicality to what I mentioned. So if you work in the B2B space in a service-based industry, for example, it's really about fostering relationships and word of mouth and establish, establishing yourself as an expert. So definitely like networking would come into play there. I you know, touched on LinkedIn already, um, perhaps Instagram as well. And then, you know, you might look at promoting Google reviews online. So um, I definitely don't think that it's, you know, that you would look at 
a business and say, well, you're only going to do, you know, traditional, you're only going to do digital. I think these days there's definitely a combination of the two. Um, you know, and if you were selling products, for example, um, you know, traditional media or brochures, for example, might be more appropriate where a product's technical or has lots of specifications that need to be communicated. Or if you have a really large product range in general, it doesn't need to be a technical product, but if you have lots of products and you need to communicate that in some way, then, you know, a product brochure might be more appropriate. If you were in retail, uh, you would definitely start looking at Facebook and Instagram advertising, um, you know, with click-throughs, you know, to your website in terms of your, you know, your website store. In-store marketing, if you're in retail, of course, as well. And then you might look at some event activations around some launches and influencer marketing as well. Um, probably one of the digital mediums, I think, that might, you know, might apply across nearly all types of businesses is, you know, Google AdWords and SEO management. I think there has to be a level of, you know, SEO work done whether it's paid or unpaid, you know, on page or off page. And it, I guess it really depends if you, you know, if you go down the road of paid ads, depending on the competitiveness of your specific niche, you know, you would make a decision on whether that's best for your business or not. So there are a lot of, um, a lot of different things you can do when, you know, when we work with clients, it's, it's not a one size fits all. And I guess that's why some of our clients work with us because that you can do so much. Um, and it's not a case of, uh, you know, giving you know, a list and saying, well, these are all, they, you know, these are all appropriate for you. I think, we, you know, we, we actually do a lot of research to see what actually works um, depending on it at a point in time as well. Yeah, that's great. And the thing that I got away from this is it's not about like which one is better. It's more about like what kind of marketing would suit your business. So uh, from from that one, I want to get, uh, can you give us an example of like a client of yours that you work with? You can mention the name or not mention the name. That's really up to you. Mm -hmm. Like you can mention, you, can you tell us a little bit about the project, like for printed media, like you do at Idea Pro, like sales, sales brochures, anything like that. Uh, one kind of like, for example, let's say a case study, like which worked best for the business so that we can get an idea for what type of business that kind of uh, thing worked best. Can you give us an example there? Sure. Yeah, sure. So one of the projects we delivered last year, um, which actually the company that I previously worked for, I mentioned earlier, the, the large paint, paint company I, uh, and our clients of mine, <laughs> which is amazing. Um, so they, uh, they work with us to develop a capability brochure for their region. And that particular um, brochure encompassed, you know, I guess, some broad information around their business their service offering, um, the different locations that they serviced, um, and some case study information as well. And that was that's a that was a really great tool for their sales team um, to, you know, target new prospective clients um, to give, I guess, an initial insight around their about their business. And, you know, that could be sent by email, of course, also and downloaded digitally um, and shared by social media and all of that in terms of delivery. But it was really effective and it's been really well received. And, you know, I, I just had a meeting this morning with them. And, you know, again, the comment was made that it's still doing really well for them. And there is, you know, potentially intention now to roll out a similar um, capability brochure across their other regions as well throughout Asia. That's great. That's a great example. So again, the takeaway is that you should first understand like what kind of, uh, what are your goals are first of all, what are your goals for a business? What are you trying to achieve here? Is it, is it branding? Is it more sales? And then you, you diagnose it a little bit more and you try to understand who is the end consumer. 
and what's the best medium to reach them through as you mentioned the example of your client and how you do that through brochure which is great and now moving on since we're talking about design there's one thing that always comes up whether it's in writing whether it's in creating content or video content there's always this one thing which plagues every content creator or every designer which is creative blocks let's talk about creative blocks how do you find the inspiration especially as a marketing strategist you're on the front line you're the you're someone who's leading the team how do you overcome those creative blocks how do you find inspiration for new design projects um, look, I guess we do a combination of both design projects as well as, um, you know, more strategic marketing work. And I, I need to be creative across both of those. Um, so definitely I do have blocks like everyone. Um, I, you know, a few of the things that I do, you know, I often will read a lot online and research online. Um, I love Pinterest. So definitely from a visual perspective, I like to create boards um, that are on theme. Um, I think getting outside is really important. So being in nature, and I know that's not so related to, you know, being in, in the office and working, but I think that clearing the mind um, is super important. I actually have fostered that, you know, internally within our team, we've started having meetings outside in the fresh air and get the body moving a little bit more and, you know, um, that, seems, that seems to work really well. So definitely nature, being in nature is important. I'd love to do more of it, but I think that, you know, yoga and meditation are two super important things for me um, to clear the mind so that more creativity can come in um, and a little bit woo-woo uh, and I'm actually holding it right now, but I'm actually holding a citrine crystal, so which um, should help with a bit of creativity as well, I hear. <laughs> These are, these are some kind of like triggers, like uh, we have, uh, I've got a fidget spinner, which I keep spinning. So it's like, it kind of, it focuses, it focuses on mind from the current task and it just sends you in this creative space. Like I consider myself a creative guy more than I consider myself like somebody who's organized all the time. I'm more of a creative guy and I'm thinking, I think that's where we both are a bit alike because we both are like creatives. Like we think about things differently and we are always in that creative mode. And you touched upon meditation, which I'm a big, big believer in. I meditate a lot. In fact, it's like uh, it's like 20 minutes every day. It's a must for me. So that's what I do. And it's great, definitely. Clearing your mind is one of the most important things you can do, especially if you have a lot of work around you. You have got chaos around you. <laughs> let's let's put it that way. Chaos around you and you're leading the business. You're on the front lines. As I, That's why I named the podcast Frontliners because you're always on the front lines. You're the owner. You have to deal with everything that comes your way. So it's a really important proponent to your well-being, which is all great, which is amazing. And, <laughs> and one more thing that you mentioned about like the team, team you're building. Um, mm -hmm. This turns out to be a perfect segue. Like I'd love to know like what are your topmost business philosophies like or core values that you like to have in your team members or the type of clients that you like to work with? Like are they like-minded? Are they, do they have a fixed mindset or are they growth mindset like are they open to change? What are those business philosophies or core values, like top two or three most that you value the most? Oh, look, if I start with our team, I think our team, you know, we, we, we want people who are kind and empathetic and experts in what they do because we really respect what they bring to the table. Um, and so we, we generally will empower them and let them work autonomously most of the time, but obviously need them to come together as a group. And, you know, we want them to leave at the end of the day feeling fulfilled and happy with whatever they've achieved and, and you know they're happy to come to work with us as, as part of our team. 
um, I think that's definitely, yeah, what we'd love to instill. Um, we definitely, as part of our team values and our business values, um, we have five that we stand by and it's creativity and connection and being professional at all times and delighting, so surprising and delighting and we're working on that one. <laughs> and positivity because, you know, we, you know, happiness is, is truly any, everything. So we, you know, we, we laugh and we joke and we smile and it's, it's not all serious but we also get on with the job when it's, when it's needed. That's, that's really internally. And if I look at our clients and our ideal clients, really they're, you know, ideally progressive thinkers. Um, they value marketing. They value design. They know that they will trans- it, it will transform their business by embracing the work that we do together. And, and they collaborate because we cannot, um, we cannot work with, with clients and make the, a true difference if they don't work together with us. Um, they, are, they are driving their business. They own their business. We are there as, um, as a very key support arm, um, but we have to work together with them. We don't, um, we don't work independently. So collaboration is key. That's awesome. Those are some really great values you mentioned here. And the biggest takeaway from that is about the employees. Like they're not really employees, they're your team. They want to be at the end of the day. They want to feel like they've they've accomplished something today. They're fulfilled. They're happy, which is which is a great value to have in a team because that's the team that will go far ahead and move the business forward at the end of the day. Um, and talking about well-being, I know you're you're involved with uh, another project of yours. I don't know if you call it a project, but it's called Everyday Awakenings. Um, maybe yes. you'd like to give us give us an idea, like how did that come about? Just a brief overview of how that came about, and touch it touch it upon it from a point of view of well-being and fulfillment and happiness. Sure. So Everyday Awakenings is um, it started off as a blog. Um, which I haven't I haven't actually updated for quite a long time now, but it started off as a blog when my daughter was ten months old, so um, just over four, four years ago now. Um, and it really started off really with a burning feeling and need and desire to communicate my um, my passion around healthy living, um, both for mind, mind, body, and soul, and it, it sort of stemmed from me, um, yeah, having to change. I changed a lot about my a lot, a lot in my life. Um, I probably wasn't living my best self, you know, in my twenties and early thirties. And then when I wanted to get serious about having a family, um, you know, everything became a lot more focused around health and well-being. So I've been on a path of self-development in this space for quite a long time now and I wanted to share what I had learned because I felt that it was just too important a message um, not to. So my, my, you know, the blog has now morphed into a Facebook um, online community which is an incredible, incredibly engaged, um, warm and giving community and we, we share healthy product ideas that we find. Uh, we, we share inspiration to um, gener- you know, con- continue to put a positive message out into the world, empower ourselves to do, to do and be our best. It's all about being positive. I, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't sort of allow any negativity whatsoever and it really is about bringing more goodness in the world and also recognising those brands, particularly in terms of products, who are doing good things, who are creating, you know, creating amazing products and I'm helping give them a voice by, you know, whether I review that that particular product by trying it and then sharing that within my social media or the group. 
and uh, and then our community themselves when they find something they also share um, what they find too so it's a really great space and I welcome anyone who wants to join that's amazing that's something really admirable because uh, entrepreneurship is great running a business is great but these are the kind of things that really fulfill you from the inside like you have a community around you, people who are positive. Those are the kind of things that really matter at the end of the day. Like you made a difference somehow to the people's around, people around you, which is all great stuff. I really admire you for doing that. So Rosie, this has all been a whole lot of fun. I really learned a lot from you. Like it's, it's not just about design, it's about creating a life, designing the life of fulfillment, of happiness, having those great team around you, thinking about things, calming things down. I learned a lot today. So. Tell us, how can people get in touch with you? Uh, Well, I think um, if you want to contact me directly, you can certainly email me at rosie at ideapro.com.au. We also have um, social media, so predominantly we're more active on Instagram. So the handle there is ideaproaus, so yeah, ideaproaus, or on LinkedIn you can reach out to connect with me there. Um, for Everyday Awakenings, um, again, there's social media on Facebook and Instagram. And if you type in Everyday Awakenings Community, you'll see the group there as well. You're welcome to join. All right. Awesome. You know what to do next. Thank you, Rosie. Thank you for coming on the show. I really learned a lot and I hope to stay in touch with you. Thanks so much, Anand. Thank you. Thank you.